Hi, my name is Raj Mirotra. I'm the editor-in-chief for the Clinical Journal of the American Society of Nephrology. I'm here with Dr. Murphy, who's the recip recipient of the first prize for C. Jason Trainee of the Year. Uh, congratulations, Dr. Murphy. Can you briefly introduce yourself to the C. Jason audience? Yeah, thank you. I'm a general internist and an assistant professor in the Division of General Internal Medicine at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. I did my internal medicine residency at Johns Hopkins within the Urban Health Primary Care Track and currently practice as a primary care physician in the Baltimore area. In my research, I'm really interested in how medically complex patients, particularly those who are the most vulnerable members of our society, navigate our complex system and how we can improve how we deliver coordinated care to them. Our patients with communities are some of our most complicated patients who are cared for, cared for by multiple providers, and many are from socially disadvantaged backgrounds. What sparked your interest in research in racial disparities and access to kidney transplants in the United States? In short, it brings together my clinical and research interests. As a clinician, I was struck in residency by how my Black patients in East Baltimore were far more likely to have a life expectancy less nearly 10 years less than white patients who were born in a neighborhood or two away. Like in fact, I saw one patient in primary care who had started the kidney transplant process. I asked where he was in the process, and he said that he was waiting for a phone call back, which was at least six months prior by the medical record. I have no idea if he like, missed an outreach phone call or letter, but that he wasn't sure what to do next and was slipping through the cracks in our healthcare system. For me, access to kidney transplantation represented an opportunity to delve into understanding why these racial disparities exist, including from the patient, provider, and health system levels. There are many discrete points in this process, and this offers measurement opportunities to subdivide and focus how social determinants influence racial disparities. Yeah. Uh, what is the gap in our knowledge that you hope to bridge with your work? Great. So we know that black patients were less likely to be listed or to receive a kidney transplant compared with white patients from prior studies in the general population. We also knew that low socioeconomic status and high comorbidity were associated with a lower likelihood of listing. Interestingly, work led by Freeman and colleagues suggested that these disparities in listing for kidney transplantation were not observed in the veteran affairs population. To us, this suggested that one, racial disparities can be addressed successfully, and two, it is critical to understand the mechanisms of these racial disparities. We wanted to move our understanding from observational studies to causal mediation analysis to start to unpack how differences in socioeconomic status and comorbidity could potentially explain racial disparities in listing for transplants and receipt of transplants. So what were your findings? So we used a longitudinal cohort of about over 3,000 patients between 2009 and 2018, of which 48% self-reported black race. We measured socioeconomic status by income, education, and employment. We found that differences in socioeconomic status to explain 36% of the racial disparities and differences in comorbidity and differences in comorbidity could explain 44% of the racial disparities in listing. Then when we looked at socioeconomic status and comorbidity together as mediators, we could account for 58% of the disparities in listing. This supports the idea that socioeconomic status and comorbidity play overlapping but distinct roles in mediating the racial disparities for listing for kidney transplantation. Yet even after accounting for differences in socioeconomic status and comorbidity, 
black patients were still 10% less likely to be listed compared to white patients. One possible explanation is racial bias, both implicit and explicit bias on the part of providers, transplant committee members, and structural racism. We also found that social economic status and comorbidity did not act as mediators to explain the racial disparities to receive a kidney transplant among those who were listed. So there's a lot of focus on the use of race correction when reporting EGFR these days. Uh, what are your views on that role, if any, EGFR reporting plays in racial disparities to kidney transplantation in the United States? Yeah, it's a great question. As clinicians, we cannot escape that race shapes our patient's health, both in and out of the clinic. So that's why I view race as a social construct that encompasses genetics, skin color, and most importantly, our patient's lived experience. I'm concerned that by including the race-based variable, we're embedding an algorithm that systematically overestimates EGFR for black patients and puts them at risk for unnecessary delays in care. While we may not fully understand why inclusion of race may improve the EGFR estimation with the algorithms such as the CKD-EPI, were established, the patient-centered implications for overestimating EGFR are great. Black patients are already at risk for faster kidney progression to kidney failure, and face disparities in accessing kidney transplantation. Overestimating EGFR can lead to a later diagnosis of CKD, later referral to transplant clinics, later listings for transplants. And another problem with using this binary variable is that it lacks the nuance for today's multicultural society. The use of cystatin C sounds promising to include an algorithm, but it's not widespread in community practice, particularly the inanimate primary care who we refer patients to nephrology and to transplant. Another concern is that race within the EMR may not be accurate. It's not always filled in by the patient, but patients are then at risk for misclassification. Thank you. Uh, your work adds to the large body of knowledge and disparities in access to kidney transplant in the U.S. What are the next steps in your research or more broadly for the field? Yeah. So to me, this particular site highlights the role that social determinants of health and structural racism play in access to kidney transplants, even just the listing stage alone. So as a field, we need to invest in programs that will address the structural racism, and by doing so, to address deep-seated social determinants that contribute directly and indirectly to kidney disease. We need to advocate for changes in policies that perpetuate racial disparities in housing, food insecurity, even the high cost of medications that place undue burden on our patients and self-manage their health conditions. We need to also address the implicit biases that healthcare providers have when interacting with black transplant candidates and likely negatively influence their ability to receive care. I think we are more cognizant overall that this is a reality for our black patients, but that it is our responsibility to address our own biases, however painful, and make lasting changes. So one thing in our paper is that we do suggest that transplant centers focus on modifiable barriers for transplant candidates to help the patients navigate this process. Transplant centers already utilize coordinators, care managers, and their social workers for this role. Both pre- and post-transplants will often task with addressing social determinants in patients and acting as a liaison with multiple subspecialists. I'm interested in understanding what makes successful coordination for our patients with kidney disease even before they may be referred for transplant evaluation. This work also has challenged me to think more broadly about what constitutes care coordination, how we measure it, 
what successful implementation would look like from both a patient, provider, and health system perspective. I'm also in an early stage of a project looking at implicit bias within electronic medical records. Clinicians not only document the health history, but also their assessment of the patient. And they know missed appointments and medication adherence concerns, which does have the potential to change how future providers view and care for patients. Thank you. This is very important work. Uh, congratulations again. Uh, what words of advice or wisdom do you have for people that are contemplating or just starting the research training with a focus in kidney disease? Yeah, thank you so much for this uh, honor. I would advise trainees to seek out mentors who are committed to helping you follow your passion and are able to help you identify how to shape a research question around your area of interest, even if it's not their primary research focus. Don't be afraid to seek out collaborators to learn new skills and to discuss the content of your work. Community, particularly racial disparities work, has a wealth of studies and being able to learn from experts and how they approach and discuss these issues has been invaluable to me. Everyone's been so generous with their time and comments and it's been very inspiring to see them advocate. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the American Society of Nephrology.